1: back with Jessica.
0: This fourth and fifth graders are taking off, if you would grab your Bible or electronic device. We are in Matthew chapter 6 today, looking at verse 16, 17, and 18. Uh, we've been going through the Sermon on the Mount, and we're glad that you're here this morning. It's going to tie in a little bit with last week, what we talked about uh, on prayer. If you weren't here, that's okay. We'll catch you up. No big deal. If you have uh, your Bible, Matthew is in the New Testament. Um Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the stories of Jesus. Old Testament uh, ends with 400 silent years from the prophets proclaiming that this Jesus would come, that he would die, and that he would rise again. So um, we realize that Jesus is going to talk specifically to his followers on how they should conduct themselves. So if you um, look in Matthew uh, chapter. Uh, Six is where you're going to be at. Jesus has already talked about a lot of things. He's talked about divorce and taking oaths and lust and anger and all of these things. And then he puts kind of um, this into a practical sense on how it is to be done. Now, we can't do any of these things if we don't have a relationship with God through faith in Christ. So community gospel at the center of what we are trying to accomplish as a church is to help people who are far from God come to know God through a relationship with Jesus Christ. And the only way that you can do that is by confessing that you're a sinner, that you have missed the standard which God has set, and believing in your heart that Jesus Christ is the Savior, that His blood that was shed on the cross forgives your sin. We do that through faith. It's not by works, because if we could work for our faith, how... Would we know if we have done enough? Last time I checked, there wasn't a giant scoreboard in the sky. There was just a lot of construction going on outside, right? And so what I realize is uh, that Jesus tells me constantly that my sins are forgiven past, present, and future if I have a relationship with God through faith in Christ. And we realize that we follow after the way. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Christian was a term that was reserved specifically for the community to call people who had followed Jesus. And so uh, we call ourselves believers, followers of the way, if you will. And Jesus has his disciples sitting in front of him, 12, that he had personally handpicked. And then he had a bunch of disciples that were gathered there to listen to him as well. They had left everything because Jesus taught in a way that was really engaging and um, super fun. I think he used humor a couple of times, probably had some really good stories and illustrations. And uh, it extends from those disciples who are gathered there uh, to the disciples that are gathered here. Uh, We have confessed with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. And if you haven't done that, you can do that today. We'll give you opportunity uh, in just a few moments. But he says this in verse um, 16. Look at that. He says, and when you fast. Whoa, whoa, hold on a second. Today we're going to talk about skipping lunch. Are you ready for this? Man, I don't know if you're ready for this. I don't know if I was ready for this this whole past week as I was uh, walking through. This is when you fast. Don't look gloomy like the hypocrites do, those actors playing a part. They disfigure their faces and their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face. It's like the Spirit's speaking to me right now. That your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who's in secret, he sees you and he will reward you. Last week I asked you two questions I said, Who taught you how to pray? if nobody and and why was that so important and then i have the follow-up question was if nobody taught you how to pray then, then, then what does it mean and the same is true for fasting anybody ever teach you how to fast I man i jumped online and i asked that question this week and i said hey uh, who taught you how to fast I man i got so many people who jumped on and they're like i have no idea what this means i have no idea what this is all about i'm slowly starting to learn that we as believers have no idea what we're doing when it comes to the faith amen anybody like that and just when I think I have it figured out, I feel like Jesus moves on me, right? I feel like I had it figured out, and then he says something completely different. But he makes it so simple and so clear if we look closely. If you look closely at the text, you'll realize that Jesus, most of the time when he talks, is very simple if, if you realize it. It's very simple. Prayer is very simple. We praise God. We repent of our sins. We ask him for things, both for ourselves and for others, and we yield to him and his word. Very simple, right? Simple truth. And then we also realize that fasting's really easy. And Jesus is going to tell us how easy it is here in the text. Uh, Before we go any further, let me ask God's blessing upon his word. Heavenly Father, I love your word and what it says, and I thank you for being able to participate in a church uh, that believes your word is truth. And um, all 66 books of the Bible, God, are useful for teaching and um, training and correcting. Sometimes it hurts. So we're going to go and look at a passage this morning, Lord, that it's foreign to some of us, and it's going to um, spur us on to maybe uh, participate in this. And some of us are really well accustomed to what fasting looks like. So maybe, God, this is a refresher for them. But regardless of where we stand, whether we do this often or if we've never done this before, or maybe we've just dipped our toe in the water, we ask that you would help the message to be clear this morning. And, and maybe we would go do something that we've never done before, or maybe we would continue participating in something we've done a lot for the right reasons. Whatever the case, we ask that our lives would be lived for the glory of your son, Jesus, who died on the cross for our sins, that we would be set apart so that we would have the ability to help people who are far from you come to know you, and those who know you would be encouraged and to continue to press on so that we would honor you, as we just sang. It's in your name I pray. Amen. All right, Matthew chapter 6. He says, when you fast, all right? Let's give you a little bit of foundation here. What is fasting? You ready for this? It's a big biblical definition. I don't know if you're ready for this. It's when you abstain from food. All right? That was, that was easy. That was fun. Go home. Have fun, man. Like, everybody's like, geez, I don't know how that feels. Abstaining from food. That's the core of the message from Jesus. It, when you fast, when you abstain from a meal, when you don't eat, whether it's one meal, two meals, three meals, four meals, ten meals, or twelve. It primarily talks about food. Now, there's different types of fasting, okay? There's limiting certain types of food. We realize Daniel did this way back in the Old Testament. Daniel saw that the king's food was something that he couldn't participate in, and so he essentially said, we're going to eat nuts and berries. And So Daniel took the vegan route, and he limited himself from certain types of foods. Uh, We realize there's fasting from food entirely, or maybe just a a certain type of food and, and water, too. But regardless, today, okay, when we talk about fasting, we are talking about a spiritual sense in fasting. So we're not going to talk about intermittent fasting, all right? We're not going to about, about doing this for health benefits. We're not going to look at it and be like, okay, this is why you should do this, so you can lose weight. That's not our purpose today. Our purpose is solely and primarily so that we can shift our focus away from that which is earthly into that which is eternal. So fasting at the core is abstaining from food, but it can be abstaining from something else, too. The whole purpose of fasting is removing something from your life that is earthly so that you can regain your attention on God. So that you can regain your attention and focus on making sure that your worship is pleasing and acceptable to him. Fasting is any time we give up something which is earthly or in a temporary matter so that we can regain attention on God. Why do we do that? Well, I just said that to regain or redirect our attention on God. But it proves a set time specifically with prayer. So fasting in the Bible is oftentimes linked with this prayer concept, okay? You won't see the two often um, separated. What we realize is fasting and prayer, fasting and prayer, fasting and prayer. So when we fast, prayer falls right on the heels of that. Also what we realize, the reasons why we fast is it creates discipline within us as believers because we know we need to be disciplined so that we don't fall into the traps of the enemy or the devil. It's good for you to fast because you discipline yourself, and you should discipline yourself. You discipline yourself from um, watching uh, TV before you go to bed or looking at your phone, or maybe you fell short of that, right? For me, if the Blackhawks are on, that's a hard discipline. Anyway, it reminds us that we can live with less, As God continues to give as many blessings. Okay, so if you're hearing this message and Jesus is saying, when you fast, if you're sitting there and you're in the crowd, ready for this? Everybody would have said, no duh. Everybody fasted. It didn't matter if you were a pagan, if you were a Jew, or you're a follower of Jesus Christ. You all fasted. Everybody fasted in that society. The pagans would fast so that they would have earthly success. They would set apart things uh, so that they could essentially plead to their gods so that they would get certain things. A lot of times it was for fertility reasons. It was for sexual encounters or endeavors. It was done not to glorify God, but to build up themselves. We realize the Jews, if you were a Pharisee, for example, you fasted twice a day. You fasted all the time. We see in the Bible, Jews committed um, fast, uh, what we call Yom Kippur, which just happened two weeks ago. This was a day that was set aside um, so that they could ask God for specific forgiveness for all the sins they've done in the last year and set up a time where they could look to God and they could say, okay, now we're going to do better this year. This just happened. This happens in our society. In South Bend, the Jewish population is flourishing, and we're realizing that people— Setting aside specific times to fast, but are they fasting to focus back attention on their relationship with God through Jesus Christ or are they doing it for themselves? And Jesus knew that people asked that fasted and he asked the question, why? Why do you fast? Is it for yourself or is it for the adoration of God? If you're sitting in that crowd, you'd be like, hmm, I don't know. I don't know why I fast. I thought I fasted for God's adoration, but I think I fast more for myself. Fasting is less about food and more about growing closer in our relationship with God. And this falls in in the category of what we call spiritual disciplines. Bible studies in that, okay? Um, We would say that prayer is in that. Tithing, giving monetarily to the church is a spiritual discipline. We would say that scripture memory is like that. My kids are memorizing scripture right now, and so should I. Baptism, a commandment from God, communion. What we realize is we're always, when we fast or any spiritual discipline, asking God for wisdom so that our attention can go from that which is earthly to that which is godly. Let me give you some reasons on why maybe you should fast. Think about this. Maybe your prayer life is struggling. And you need to fast to regain your attention back to God to pray to Him. Maybe you've never thought about fasting, and you should because your prayer life is struggling. Maybe you have a decision that needs to be made. Maybe there's something going on in your life that you're thinking about, and you're like, I need God's guidance. Maybe you should skip a meal then. And as you hunger for physical food, it would be a reminder that you would hunger and long for that which is spiritual. See, the groans that we have when we're hungry should remind us of the fact that God is able to do far more abundantly than we could ever ask or imagine. And he is setting us up to hear his voice so that we could be guided in a decision. Maybe you lost somebody who you love. And you're going through a season of grief and mourning. There's fasting there in those times. A couple more. Maybe there's a specific sin that just never goes away. You ever have any of those? Not you guys. Speaking for the other church down the road. Is there a sin that just keeps popping up and just keeps over and over again you find yourself just falling into that trap maybe fasting is there what about temptation or what if you just need to express love and gratitude to god all of these disciplines help us grow as believers we don't always feel that growth there's a lot of times we're going to fast we're going to pray we're going to memorize scripture and we're going to not feel it but we participate for a specific reason our obedience in embracing God's discipline transforms us in the seasons of life. When we do specific things for the glory of God, even though we don't feel it, you're going to get to a time in your life where you're going to say, that's why I did that. That's why God had me go through that. But before you do that, you examine your motives for fasting. It's not to manipulate God to get what we want from Him. Somebody said that online this past week. They said, I feel like people fast just to get what they want from God. And that's true. That's true people do that all the time right people do that in their prayer life but that's not why we fast we don't fast so that we would manipulate god but we would change ourselves so what does it look like i'm going to give you three principles for fasting when you fast jesus doesn't say if you fast he says when you fast okay so you think about why you're fasting or what you should fast for i gave you some good reasons maybe there's more there but this is what it should look like when you do it you ready for this verse 16 he says when you fast don't look gloomy like the hypocrites do for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others truly I will say to you they receive their reward so the first key in fasting is that it's always in secret you never get to tell anybody you never tell anybody now we're going to give you a fasting story later on okay in the text and you're going to say oh but it's secret it happens it happens We bring some of those things so we can encourage our brothers and sisters, but primarily when we're going through the process of fasting, it's always in secret. We don't bring this to attention. And we take it a step further to say that we're not doing it like hypocrites that are playing a part. I'm fasting. I want everybody to see. I put on a gloomy face. The word there is don't disfigure your face. Look sad, somber, or downcast. I have a dog. His name's Frank. He's a basset hound. We always say he has sad face. So we walk in and we say, Frank, you have a sad face? And he's like, yeah, I have a sad face. John uh, plays a great Frank voice. He's like, Dad, he's so sad right now. I'm so sad. We say, Frank, why are you sad? Because I haven't eaten all day. And so Frank walks around and he's, he's sad-faced because he hasn't eaten all day and he wants us to know about it. That's not how you should look when you fast. You shouldn't look sad-faced like a basset hound, okay? Now here's what's interesting. In the Bible, it shows up a couple of times. In Genesis chapter forty joseph asked uh it, well he was in prison pharaoh's servants he said why do you guys have sad face you look like basset hounds walking around you should be happy he, it's the same word that's in there or the two disciples you remember when jesus has appeared and they're on the road to uh, animaeus and um they show up and jesus kind of encounters them and he's like hey why you got sad face and they're like oh jesus died and We thought he was going to be the Messiah and the King. And he's like, uh, hello. Right? He's like, you shouldn't be sad. You should be excited. Don't be depressed. They thought Jesus was dead, but he's alive. Any spiritual discipline should be considered pure joy. You should be excited over the fact that God has enlisted you in his service to participate in his discipline so that you could conform more to the image of Christ. You should consider it joy that you would be able to skip a meal for the gospel of Jesus Christ to grow closer more to him. You should consider it pure joy over the fact that God wants to have time and prayer with you. It's amazing how many Christians walk around in these sappy faces so that they can be seen by others or noticed by men. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. But if fasting is for your own self-esteem and not for the spiritual benefit of just drawing closer to the Lord, then don't do it. If you're going to walk around and tell people, oh, I've been eating and okay, you can skip a meal. You'll be okay. I promise you'll be fine. Now here's the crazy thing. Here's how I equate this to everyday life. You ever been at work and the person shows up who's sick? Ever happened to you? And they want you to know that they're sick? You know exactly who I'm talking about. And if you don't know who I'm talking about, it's probably you. They come into work and they didn't shower last night, and uh their hair's all over the place. And they walk into work and they're like. <coughs> You're like, what in the world is wrong with you? I didn't feel good Monday Tuesday. I walked in on uh, Wednesday uh, to pick up my kids. And I'll I'll never forget this. Vicki's going to come up in a minute. Vicki looks at me. She goes, man, you look terrible. And I said, well, thanks for that, right? And I just realized that maybe I wanted people to take pity on me. And they get their reward that way. The boss comes in and says, man, you look bad, right? You should go home. You should take a day off. And you're like, oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior. (laughs) Instantly, it's amazing how many people are healed when they get the day off. Jesus says later in Matthew chapter 23, he says, Whoever exalts himself shall be humbled, but whoever humbles himself shall be exalted. So whether it's to strengthen your prayer life, seek God's guidance, mourn, grieve, be delivered over some issue, a sin, temptation, or just want to express the love of God, if you're going to choose to fast... If you're going to say, hey, you know what? Tomorrow for lunch, I'm going to skip lunch. It should be alone. It should be just for the glory of God. It shouldn't be public. It should be private. Okay? Fasting, when done in secret, eliminates the desire for human applause. Well, he keeps going. Look at verse 17. This is really interesting. He says, but when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face. Principle number two, polish up on your personal hygiene. Isn't that amazing? Jesus talks about your personal appearance. Dead serious. He says you should fast alone, but you should polish up on your personal hygiene. Okay? Kind of similar to prayer. He's talking about substance and purpose. And look at that first part, anoint with oil. Oil was a really interesting um, element in the New Testament time. If you were working all day, you would essentially come um, home, and either you would eat with your family or you would eat with your extended family. And they would have oil that was sitting right over... Uh, next to the table. And if you go out east, um, this happens a lot with the Jews. They'll have like separate washrooms. And what you do is you go over there and you would essentially anoint uh, your head with oil because it smelled really good. And so you didn't stink when you were sitting at the table and people were literally losing their lunch because you smelled so bad. So what people do is they would go over and they would anoint their head with oil so that they smelled good and they would, you know what the ladies do. One of these, you know, maybe one of these, if you will. And they would smell good so that it was pleasant and it covered up the stench of their everyday life. David uses the exact same word when he says in Psalm 23, verse 5, you anoint my head with oil. You make me smell good. This is a pleasing aroma to the Lord when you do this in private, making sure that nobody knows what's happening. Jesus, uh, remember the... Um, Pharisees were really upset with him. There was a sinful woman who essentially anoints his feet with um, this really expensive perfume. It's the same kind of thing that's happening here. He says, you didn't anoint my head with oil. You don't make me smell good when you fast because it's done for your own glory. He's like, but this woman, she does it just solely for the glory of God. So it ties in that it's a substance that can only come from God when we fast. And he says, wash your face. And here he is speaking specifically against the Jewish law and what the Jews told people to do. So if you were to fast in that time period, you weren't allowed to wash, okay? It was against rabbinical tradition. Specifically, uh, men were told, you cannot wash or anoint, and you can't even put on your shoes or use your bed if you're gonna fast, right? And he kicks against the public practice, and he says, you clean up, Yourself, just like anointing, so that people would see you being cheerful and excited over the fact that you're skipping a meal to draw closer to God. So Jesus is telling his disciples, go out of their way to look like you have been eating. Now, if you show up in a suit and tie and you never wear a suit and tie, okay, that's taking it a little too far. Okay, so you can swing on the other side of the pendulum. You go to work and Let's say you work the factory line and you show up in a t shirt and jeans every day, and all of a sudden you're fasting that day and you show up in a suit and tie. Like, that's dumb, okay? Don't do that. He doesn't say polish up that way, okay? He says you should be full of joy. Consider it pure joy, my brothers. Now, that's when you face trials and tribulations, and the same thing can be said about fasting. Do it alone. Make sure that you're polishing up on your personal appearance. And look, look at verse uh, 16, where he talks about really why we do it. So that your fasting, verse 18, may be seen by others, or may not be seen by others, but your father who is in secret, and your father who sees you in secret, he'll reward you. So the third thing we see is we fast to participate in God's praise and His provision. And Jesus concludes here, and he says, "You should not be noticed by men. This is not done so you would build your ego. This is not done so that others will find out how spiritual you are and think more highly of you. You know, the same is true in our society with this badge of busyness that we carry around, right? I talk to so many people in today's society and say, hey, how are you doing? Oh, I'm just busy. And what I've realized is people will say they're busy because they want me to think that they're productive. And they want me to think, well, if he thinks I'm productive, then I'm not being lazy. And if I'm not lazy, then I'm good. And if I'm good, then I'm godly. And that's not necessarily the case. And people would do the same thing like we do with busyness here in the New Testament with fasting. It was a deadly addiction because it drew attention to themselves to be esteemed and noticed by others. So what we've been doing uh, at church lately is we've been going up to our staff, ministry heads, and we've been saying, hey, how are you doing? And don't say good. We want to know how you're really doing. And they'll they'll, they'll tell us. Well, I'm, you know, fair to middle. My daughter, she says fantastic all the time. I got to get a new word for her. But listen, just because we have said yes to Jesus, we have the power to say no to the attention to draw to ourselves. He says, do not live by the flesh, but you're called to live by faith. And so we see a model in Jesus who fasts. Why does Jesus fast? Jesus fasts to continue to help his believers build their faith and walk in the newness of life, what Paul says, and not by the flesh. Fasting puts our flesh into check. You struggle with a certain sin issue and you fast, you're telling your body, the flesh that easily hangs on you and entails you, that God is greater than that sin that hangs on you. That he is able to conquer that specific thing that he is able to do far more abundantly than you could ever ask or imagine fasting requires that you give up something fleshly to gain something better which is our faith and the key here ready for this is just a start i asked her all over the internet I said, how do you how do you start fasting and you get all of these medical doctors that tell you that Whew! there's a lot of people out there that tell you to fast for medical reasons but you can't find a whole lot That tells you to fast for spiritual reasons I would say you just start Specifically I would say If you line up with one of those areas Okay Your prayer life needs to be strengthened You need God's guidance on a specific thing um, Think about it like this For example I don't say this to boast Okay but um, my daughter went through A couple of trials and tribulations at school We skipped a meal Just a Just a for her right to fast hear God's voice we don't say that to boast, but but there's a specific issue maybe going on in your life that you're going through if you're at a dry spot in your relationship with Jesus and you're like man I just feel like I'm going through the motions with him tomorrow skip lunch and when you skip lunch you spend time praying and pouring out your heart to God instead of going about your everyday endeavors or if you're, you're grieving, or here's, here's here's reasons why we fat. Are you depressed? You ever thought about skipping a meal? Maybe two, maybe three, maybe not going with food for a whole day? You got anxiety that weighs you down? And you sit there and think about it like, I don't think I could ever go a whole day without food. I'm gonna affirm right now, you won't die, okay? You'll be fine. But every time you hunger for that which is earthly, you should realize that that's a sign for you to depend upon God and not yourself. Maybe you have something going on at work. There's a big promotion. Maybe, uh, maybe there's that sin that entangles you. Guys, if you're struggling with uh, computer addictions, right? Maybe you need to just fast from your cell phone for a while. Put that thing down. Your spouse is looking at you going, amen, right? It doesn't always necessarily have to be food. It could be something that we find ourselves falling more for than that which is the Lord's. Maybe we just need to fast to tell God we love Him and that we care about Him. Now, you might not get what you want, okay? Let's preface this whole conversation. You might not get what you want, all right? It's gonna happen. You're gonna fast and you're gonna think to yourself, well, that was dumb. But it wasn't, okay? Just because you didn't get what you want doesn't mean that God wasn't working in that endeavor. We get what we need not what we want, but we have to open ourselves up. I mean, what do you have to lose? Like, just think about it for a second. What do you have to lose to skip a meal in order to grow more in your relationship with God? Um, I usually end with a story, but today uh, I was going through social media, like I said, and I asked a couple people some questions, and I just was really curious about, um, uh, like, if you fasted and, and, and if you fasted, what that looked like. And uh, Vicki commented on um, that post, and her story was really interesting, um, and I, I hit her up, and I said, hey, would you mind coming and sharing your story on, on why you fasted? She's like, ooh, okay. And, uh, and then she, she looked at me, she said, I need to ask Matt, her husband, and I said, okay, he's going to say yes, it's not a big deal. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and so I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring, actually, I'm going to bring both of you guys up, um, if that's Okay. And uh, and we're gonna just kind of walk through this just a little bit. <clears throat> I know Matt's super excited about that. <clears throat> He's like, it was the deal was just Vicky. It was not, it's not supposed to be me. But last time I had, uh, we prayed for Dustin's place, and um, I forgot to bring Matt up. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna bring him up um, today. So we're gonna talk a little bit, and you guys are gonna listen. You cool with that? What's the matter? He didn't. Oh, he had no idea. All. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. So you're super excited. So this is what I deal with, all right, on an every every week basis. Um, so first of all, uh, we need we probably need to just take some people back a little bit, okay? Um, how long has it been?
1: Just over three years.
0: Okay, so wait, th-
1: since Dustin? Yeah, 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 Okay,
0: so, so three years ago, most of us are familiar with the story. Dustin, um, we lose him in a in a car accident, um, and then uh, and then. We kind of spent like almost a year just trying to figure out what God was going to do. So why don't you kind of summarize that year, and and you can kind of bring Matt into the picture too as well.
1: Okay, so Dustin died in a car accident on August 2nd, 2016, um, and spent a couple months. It felt like a year, but it wasn't. It was very, very quick. Um, A couple of months just really lost and lonely. Um, if you've ever had the death of a spouse, it is an extreme void. Mm-hmm. And so I hit a very, very uh, low part point, surrounded by people who loved me, surrounded by the church and uh, the closest friends that you could ever ask for. But it was lonely. I'm really, really lonely. And then um, through prayer, there was several women who surrounded me, and we just started to pray that God would put someone in my life who could love me as a widow And love my children um, as their own children and love my openness to share stuff to everyone. (laughs) 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 And kind of just surround me as who I am as a person um, after the death. And um, there was a group of women who who just surrounded me and prayed for that. And then God blessed me with Matt.
0: So bring in fasting into the equation because... We're going to equate the two. We know that prayer and fasting go hand in hand. So you guys are already spending time in prayer, which is so important for us as a congregation to understand. Prayer is, is kind of that, that piece. Now, I would say that fasting is kind of like putting lighter fluid on the, on the fire um, because we're already pleading to God. We're already kind of pouring out our heart to him. How does fasting come into the equation? Like how do you get from we're just praying to now we need to up the ante a little bit and go to the next level?
1: So God gave me Matt, which was a phenomenal gift. Um,
0: Did he come, like, in a box? Was he?
1: That was my prayer. I asked for it. I wanted him to hold a sign on my front door so I wouldn't have to date. Yeah, but he didn't. Yeah. Um, we had to go on dates. Uh, but God gave me Matt, and then the relationship went really fast, really quickly. Um, it was very shortly after Dustin had died that I met Matt. And it was very, very quickly after that that we had— fallen in love, and I knew that I wanted to marry him. Um, But I'm very open, and so I had shared that, and I knew that um, it would be received in multiple ways. I had um, friends who fully supported me. I had friends who told me um, that I was moving too quickly. I had friends that told me we needed to physically become... Together, so we could just get that out of the way and not need marriage.
0: Um, That's that worded very well.
1: Well, there's littles. Yeah.
0: We all put the pieces together, then. <laughs> <laughs> us mature adults.
1: And that was going to be a quick sentence, yep. but <laughs> <laughs> um, I had family members that wouldn't meet him. They okay. completely refused to meet him. Um, so I had the world kind of surrounding me in all ways, and I lost God. Yeah. I stopped seeking what his will it was, knowing that God gave me a, him as a gift through prayer. Um, and I started listening to everyone around me. I started hearing the negative. I started hearing the positive. I started having just everyone else's voices and uh, stopped hearing God's voice.
0: That's interesting in that whole endeavor because what's happening and transpiring in that moment is you're still praying. And I think we, we miss this a lot of times is we can still be praying and seeking God's voice. But still, be so lost in the distractions, right? And and we're spending time in prayer. People are praying for us, but you're still sitting there in that moment, and you're saying, "I just don't feel like I can hear what God's clearly trying to say." So so so, how do we get to, to fasting?
1: So I um I we had gotten to the point in our relationship where I knew that a proposal was coming that um and I needed to know what I was going to answer yes. um and I couldn't give him an answer because. I didn't know if, he, if that was God's will, um, and I wasn't going to answer a proposal without the certainty that that was God's will for my life. Um, so my accountability partner looked at me, and she basically said, it's time to get real. Like, yeah. you need to get real with God, and this is what you and him need to do. And so she suggested I so fast. she kind of kicked it off. Yeah, so yeah. she kind of suggested that I fast, and... Um, I had heard of it, but I didn't really know what that meant, and basically she was like you like,
0: well, you want me to skip lunch? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> like, do you want to sit with me? Like, how do we do this? And oh, she we both do it? That's
0: yeah. a good one. Like, we're both going on this, <laughs> this endeavor, yeah, for sure. She
1: didn't, but. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some people just
0: aren't spiritual. I'm just, I'm totally kidding.
1: Um, but she suggested that I fast, and uh, I was really intrigued with the idea, Um and so I just made the decision to do it. And so I just fasted. Um, basically, what I had done, had made the decision to do, is every time that I would be in meal time at that time a day, because if you're a teacher or around children of your own, you only have set times that you can actually eat. So <laughs> during those set times, um, instead of eating, I journaled. And so after you asked that question, I went back to my journal. Um, and that was phenomenal to go back and just read. the the conversation that God and I had that day, and um, ultimately he said to marry Matt. But um, basically it took me through scripture, and lots of scripture, and lots of journaling, and my first sentence in my journal was actually, God, I don't hear you. I hear the world, I hear everyone else, but I've lost you, and I need to spend this day to find you.
0: So the question I had was, how do you, I mean, this is obviously not just like one meal. How did you land, excuse me, how did you land on, your, your duration, like when you said, okay, it's, it's time to fast, why was it not just like one meal? Um, why you, would why'd you pick more things of that nature?
1: I didn't. I just had made the decision I was going to fast until I could hear God again. Right. Um, which never crossed my mind that that could be days. Yeah. Like yeah. it just, I knew that God was going to speak to me ultimately, yeah. and uh, it, it wasn't. It was one day. But yeah. um, I didn't set a duration. I just knew I needed to know in my heart that – Um, God was telling me to marry Matt because ultimately the world is going to come back at me once I made that decision to marry Matt they were going to come back at me again and I would have to justify that reason or I would have to justify that decision and I needed to know in my heart that that decision was a decision from God um, that he was to be my husband.
0: Yeah see I think sometimes we just need to we just need to, to, to start. I think that's where like people say that all the time with prayer too they'll look at me and they'll be like well I don't know how to pray and I'm like well let's just start and uh, it's amazing how many times I'll make somebody pray for like a meal, and I don't make them, but I'm, I'll be like, "We'll sit down and eat." And you've been in this endeavor a couple of times, but uh, I'll say, "Okay, we're gonna pray for the food," and you're uh, up, and people are gonna be like, "I'm like, just say thank you, God, for the food." Amen. Right? Like it's it's not that hard. Um, and they're like, "Okay, gracious God, <laughs> what, what are we doing here?" Um, but it's interesting. You looked at it and said. I'm just going to start. I'm just going to do this out of obedience to hear the voice of God. Now, the, the, the question that everybody wants to know is, how do you know that's God's voice and not somebody else's?
1: Well, I didn't have anyone else around me. All I didn't right. allow anyone else, even my accountability partner. She was praying for me silently. Um, I didn't allow her to come around me. Um, and so that was just God and I's time. My journal was just between God and I. Um, um,
0: still still reading the Word, still spending time studying your Bible, things like that. Absolutely, completely. I think that's what's huge. And and when we talk about fasting, we need to understand that as a church, and we need to understand that individually too as well. You have three kind of things that are, are the perfect storm here. You have your your Word, which is where God speaks to us from. You have um, times of prayer and seasons of prayer where we need to just pour out our heart to the Lord. And then fasting, I love that the, the um, mental... Um, Picture that I get of just dumping gas on the fire, because it just accelerates so quickly that voice that we already know that God is going to speak to us. If we've accepted Jesus as our Savior, That the Holy Spirit, He gives us a new spirit. He says, listen, I'm going to put something in you that's going to speak specifically to you, but I'm not going to contradict this. There's a lot of times that people talk, and they're like, well, I heard the voice of the Lord, which probably you you heard a couple times. God told me, don't marry Matt, right? Well, God's not telling me that message, Okay. And it's not lining up with this word. If a widow um, finds it fit to remarry, she should remarry, right? Like that's in the word of God. So there's a lot of truth that we're already studying, looking at, making sure that he is affirming. And we're getting that affirmation from there. Now, the, rea- the, the question everybody wants to know, what if God would have said no?
1: Then I would have had to walk away. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: think that's the, the tough part, right? Um, is when God looks at us and he gives us something, we go into it with a mindset of, this is what I think he's going to say, but we walk out with a mindset where he might have said no. Is no still an answer to prayer? Absolutely, 100%. If I walk into a situation, I'm totally open, and I think that's the reason why your story resonated so much with me, Vicki, is we don't go into this situation going, this is what I'm going to get out of it from God. We go into it with a mindset of, this is what God Um, This is me surrendering and humbling myself so that I can be submissive to him, accomplishing his work. We do that every day when we open up our Bibles. We do that every day when we bow our head in prayer. We do that every day when we choose to fast, not knowing how long this is gonna take, not knowing if this is gonna be a season or if it's just gonna be a small endeavor. But the important thing for us as a church, individually and corporately, is that we just start, that we just participate. God looks at us and he says, I wish that you would just walk. For he who knows the right thing to do that doesn't do it, for him that's a sin. That's what James says. Like very clearly, you know the right thing to do, but you don't do it. If there is a key decision that's going on in somebody's life, and you're sitting there and you're saying, man, I'm not sure what God wants me to do. We've just given you three things that you can tangibly do right now, today. You can start today. And um, the Bible very uh, specifically says, do not put off until tomorrow what you know you can do today. Like, do it today. So there's sometimes where I think God calls us to do that. Um, where do you, obviously you guys have been married for a while. Um, how do you see God affirming that in your life now that you did participate in that? Like where do you where do you look at and you go, man these are just the specific spots where God, maybe it was one or two things where you're like I did this, this is his affirmation. How did you get affirmed when all was kind of said and done?
1: Well the first year of marriage is Phenomenal!
0: It is so good, it's so oh, good. Man. I wish I could just live that over and over again yes. in my life.
1: <laughs> but it was a reaffirming multiple times. Once, only one time ever. Um, that I, God, Matt is God's gift to me. And there, are, there were times in that first year where I needed to know Matt was God's gift. He is not my enemy. He is not sent to me from Satan. He is my partner, and g- he is a gift from God. He wasn't supposed to be next to me when he said it's good. this stuff. That's
0: good. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> He's like, I could have just sat in the pew and said amen the whole time. <laughs> that would have been a lot easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, so I would say as a personal affirmation or confirmation that Matt is a gift from God. Yeah. Um, but I also think um, just going back to my journal this week, it was so awesome. If you don't journal – journal. Yeah. But going back to that journal and just remembering the relationship that I have with God during that time of fast was really phenomenal this yeah. week. It really was a great.
0: I, th- I think you're hitting the nail on the head, which is the continual affirmation after it's already been done. That's that's what I think we miss all the time, is that God affirms. There are times when I read my Bible, and I don't use that passage of scripture for like months. But then somebody will come up to me and they'll say something and I'll be like, three months ago I was just reading about this you know it's amazing or you get into the spot now that's those of you who are married and the first year was phenomenal like good for you okay you're doing really well but for the rest of us who are here um, there are times where I think uh, that affirmation comes later where like you're saying I want to flee I feel like I should run but that voice of the Lord that comes from His Word is constantly affirming us to say, hold on a second, remember we talked? Remember we spent time together? Do you remember that? In the Old Testament, what they would do is they would build these uh, small little altars to remember what God had done. It's, it's awesome. Like, they would build these little little small towers, and then people would pass by it, and they would say, hey, do you remember what happened there in that moment? In that, And Our journals are very much like that. And whether you're a guy or a girl, like, your journal doesn't have to be 17 pages, Right? It doesn't have to be this big, long endeavor. It can just be, this is where God is at. This is what happened. This is what transpired. There's the affirmation over and over again of the Lord looking at you saying, stop. Uh, of, of God looking at you saying, adult youth group. I'm dead serious. Um, it is, it's getting bad. Uh, but it's fun at the same moment. But God affirms for us over and over again where he says, because, I'll track with this church and we'll close with this. Because of your obedience in the moment there is a reward not necessarily earthly after and continually and constantly because we were obedient to him so i think it's it's uh, it's it's awesome um i appreciate you guys sharing your story now the other thing is that i don't think people knew is matt never knew right like it was always no it was always quiet mm-hmm. yeah well, we're gonna close um i want to pray for you guys but also just pray for us um We have prayer partners that are all over the church. Uh, They wear yellow lanyards. They're going to pop up as soon as the closing song hits. And uh, if you're in this spot where you're like, man, I just need somebody to pray uh, for me, um, we would ask that you would just go. uh, Find a person and say, hey, all they're going to do is just pray for you, say that there's wisdom and discernment, that you would be able to participate in the plans that God has predetermined for you to take. Do not harden your hearts, the Bible says but soften them to his truth, his word, his disciplines. Um, think about this fasting thing. Um, maybe it's time for you to just take a moment and just be still before the Lord and skip lunch or dinner. Or, I love what you said, Vicky. who knows how long. Like, I'm just going to choose to not participate in this so that I can hear the voice of the Lord. Um, but let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your truth. And uh, we thank you for the fact that you put very specific things in our everyday lives so that we can grow closer to you, we can mature more in a relationship with you, um, that we can become more like Christ, these spiritual disciplines, things like prayer, picking up our Bible and reading them, journaling them, and fasting, which is this one thing that we might never have even thought of. And uh, I thank you so much for um, people like Matt and Vicki who willingly obediently just submitted to your call um, to hear your voice more clearly according to what your word says and uh god may that be a catalyst for us today as we think about um participating in this specific moment maybe there's somebody who we know in our life who doesn't know jesus and uh we need to fast just to um for them and and to plead to you so that they would come to know you. Or whether it's a sin issue. Or whether it's a, a job situation or circumstance. Or making a decision on who we're going to marry. Um, God, in all things we can come to you. By prayer, petition, fasting. And putting our needs at your feet. And you say you'll deal with them. And that you will answer them. Yes, no, or wait in your time. According to what you want not what we want. So God, we humble ourselves this morning. We don't come and participate on this to get something from you, but we want to give back to you and conform more to you. And uh, Jesus, we just pray that you would help us in these endeavors. If you're sitting here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you never submitted to God through faith in Christ, make the best decision that you'll ever make. He hears your voice when you pray the prayer. Of repentance to Him, God, I'm a sinner. I've missed Your mark, I've missed Your standard. Come, be my Savior. May the blood that Jesus shed on the cross cover my sins. And if you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, ask God to give you wisdom and discernment on how best to carry out this spiritual discipline. God, um, continue to move in Matt and Vicky's life.